Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's talk about the playoff-bound Dolphins. You know, when they started out 1-4, and I never thought I'd be uttering those words just a couple of months later. And to talk about that, Joe Shad covers the Dolphins for the Palm Beach Post. He joins us right now on the Orion Fuel and Downstairs Convenience Stores guest line. They're truly steps beyond convenient. Joe, out of practice today, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. It looked like Byron Maxwell, judging from your tweets, was out there, but uh, then he left with a trainer. Yeah, I think the uh, what that tells you, Frito, is that uh, Maxwell did not intend to participate. So he went through the stretching, uh, did not participate with his teammates. It's going to be an interesting one. Uh, because you certainly want Maxwell to be as healthy as possible for that first playoff game. Remember, he did a pretty nice job battling with Antonio Brown in the regular season mm-hmm. meeting. Of course, the Steelers, the Dolphins' most likely first-round opponent. So, uh, you know, I'm on board with playing everybody who's reasonably healthy, but uh, Maxwell might be the one guy. Uh, and maybe you limit Jay Ajayi carries. Jay Ajayi, uh did appear to be participating mm-hmm. in practice despite the uh, shoulder soreness. But I'm okay if you end up holding Maxwell out as long as you really believe it's going to give him a better chance to uh, to play against Pittsburgh. Well, you know, it's an interesting debate. I was going to bring it up in a second, but let's bring it up right now that you brought it on. Yesterday I had in the studio here Adam Beasley and Barry Jackson and, and for a while Chris Perkins. And Adam Beasley quoted 538 and said the website and said they estimated that the odds of the Dolphins, who are 10.5-point underdogs, beating New England, and of Kansas City, who's a 5.5-point favorite, Losing to San Diego is about 10%. And Beasley's argument, and I disagree with him, is that, you know what, Just I'd, he'd rather have a healthier team rest the guys that need rest and go up to Pittsburgh. I disagree. I would rather play the guys, unless they're horribly hobbled, play the guys and take a chance and do what you can to try to beat New England, who's lost down here three years in a row, and do everything you can to avoid playing Pittsburgh. I'd much rather go face the Texans. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the first thing to keep in mind is that the same website, 538, which I have been quoting throughout the year in my stories about playoff odds, uh, so I do think they do a nice job uh, with their playoff uh, bracket and predictors and all that stuff. They had the Dolphins at, you know, 18%, 22%, 25%, 32%. So the Dolphins, first of all, have overcome the odds. So I wouldn't necessarily think that there's no chance for the Dolphins to get the fifth seed, and there is a lot of significance there because I wrote a blog on Daily Dolphin you type that in your little computer there, Daily Dolphin, Joe Shad, and uh, tells you about all the reasons why the Steelers are significantly better than the Texans. I read so going that. Going after, thanks, man. Thanks for reading. Oh, yeah. You know? Go ahead. That's, I didn't mean to interrupt you. you just, you've we, got great oh, numbers our, there. Yeah, that's how we keep our jobs, man. Yeah, the Steelers just crush the Texans in like every category. So you really want to do everything you can to keep that possibility alive. But even more important than that is the mindset that Adam Gase has created here. Uh, the idea that every game has significance and that no game is over until it's over, uh, that there's no reason that this franchise can't be not only making the playoffs but competing for higher seeds. He thinks that this is no surprise that the Dolphins made the playoffs. And so 
with that mindset, I just can't see him taking his foot off the throttle and having any benefit at all to trying to break the positive momentum that's been created in this 10 and one streak. Yeah. We talked to him on Monday and he, you know, you covered college football for a long time. He, and he worked for Nick Saban. That's where I'm going with this. He seems Saban-esque. It's like, I'm not going to allow myself more than about five seconds to enjoy this. He, he told us when, when the Denver KC game was on that, you know what? He it was background noise to him. He was looking at the Dolphins Buffalo game that he hadn't had a chance to look to on Saturday night. And aside from maybe a call with, with Tannenbaum and Chris Greer and Stephen Ross, you know, and not even a high five to the wife, he just went back to work and, all right, we've checked a box, but we're far from satisfied. I kind of, you know, I kind of, coaches put on a certain front sometimes, which is good because you want to make sure, you know, the players are watching and the players are listening and you know, we're going to go into that locker room and tell the players what the coach said and sort of write our narrative off of what the theme is. And the theme was, you know, Gase expects more, Gase not excited, players not popping champagne corks, and that's all good. I mean, I do doubt that, you know, I, I question whether or not Gase high-fived his wife. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, who wouldn't high-five their wife in that of situation? <laughs> maybe even have a beer or, you know, a glass of wine or something, you know, something that will celebrate. Uh, but, you know, but again, it's all about, you know, public face. And the best thing about Gase, I think, is that, He's, he's got this, like, uh, Nick Saban chip in his brain. Um, but, but so he implanted that in there, and it helps him with things like organization, structure, message, discipline, accountability, responsibility, and all that stuff. But then the best part is he's, like, a really cool guy. And he'll, he'll small talk with you. He, like, yep. will connect with the players. He's, like, so – and Saban, not so much. So – you know, I, I get. I don't understand. You know, the Dolphin fans, man, they're really sensitive to this Saban thing. Every time I bring up Saban, <laughs> they like recoil. You know, I'm like, uh, I, I was here during about, those years. I yeah. trust me. I know that. I know that chip. It couldn't have been that bad. He was just arrogant, and I think he just he. And they didn't like the fact that he came. Here's a guy who won a national title with LSU and came in here and had a sub 500 record. Yeah, but he would have won. He would have won if he'd gotten the quarterback that he wanted, right? Breeze instead of Culpepper. Um, I don't know. I mean, look, Nick Saban, not 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 the guy that you necessarily want at your Christmas party, but <laughs> the guy you want coaching your team. And right now, Gase is the guy I want coaching my team. So the Dolphins, you know, they they have had some good luck, some bad luck, right. but hiring Adam Gase was a stroke of fortune. Well, I, t- I, I, you know what? I think talk show hosts earn a bit of credibility when they say, I don't know, or I was wrong, and I was dead wrong about Adam Gase. I said on the air, I don't want to coach with training wheels again, implying you know no previous head NFL head coaching experience, and I was clearly 100% wrong. You could we're, we're talking with Joe Shad, who covers the Dolphins for the Palm Beach Post. You can follow him on Twitter at Shad Joe. That's S C H A D J O E. Joe, you look at the numbers, and I don't understand how the Dolphins are 10 and five. They're you know in terms of yards, they're they're 22nd in in offense, 30th in defense, 30th against the run, allowing over 140 yards per game. They've outscored their opponents all season by a grand total of four points. How is this team 10-5? and five? Well, Dolphin fans will get mad when we say this, but it's true that they've only played three teams that are currently in the playoff bracket, and they're 1-2 and two against those three teams with losses to uh, New England and Seattle. So, uh, you know, there's a fine line between winning and losing the NFL. Ask Todd Bowles. Yeah. I mean, they 10-6 last year, and they've collapse this year so um you know a lot of it has to do with coaching 
A lot of it has to do with uh, opportunistic playmaking. You know, you can you can allow a lot of yards on defense. You really can. And I think Vance Joseph is going to get uh, criticized. Some folks are going to be defensive coordinator. They're going to say, right. well, how is it that Vance Joseph is a candidate for the Rams head coaching job when they give up so many yards rushing and so many yards uh, of, uh, of, of total uh, offense? Uh, comp- you know what I mean? But anyway, well, what's more important than that is points allowed and things like third down efficiency. And the Dolphins have been really good on things like third down efficiency, timely turnovers created, and big plays. You know, it's strange. The Dolphins barely have any first downs, like, the whole year. They're, like, at the bottom of the AFC and, like, first downs gained. But uh, this is a big strike team, a big play team. And it's interesting. The combination of Ajayi uh, with deep bombs and the ability to turn short plays into big plays um, really the, the, the key to, the, to uh, Adam Geese's recipe and formula. Uh, you know what? I think that th- a couple of things here before we got to go. Let's talk about Jay Ajayi. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but his yards after being you know hit are so impressive. I think he might be as good a stiff-arm guy as anybody. He's a punishing runner who doesn't mind getting hit, who does well after contact, and he seems to get stronger as the games go on. Yeah, I spend about six hours every uh, day after Dolphins game breaking down the film. I watch the broadcast copy, and then I watch the coach's film uh, of every snap, and then I, I draw some conclusions about it. And, and you, if you type in tape don't lie, you'll find that. And uh, you type in tape don't lie, Bills, you can read about what J.H.I. did to the Bills last week. And he had the 57-yard run down the left sideline, used a stiff arm, and then he had the two-yard touchdown run where he should have been dropped four, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. He breaks the tackle of one guy who's got his arms around him and his arms around his ankles, and then he stiffs arm, stiff arms another guy, forcing him to the ground. I didn't know J.H.I. had this in him. I didn't know he had it in him. Um, you know, skeptics and critics will say, well, he's had three good games, and it is true that half of his yardage, 51-plus percent of his yardage came in three games. But uh, they all count. Each and every yard counts, and that's the thing about J.H.I. He fights and scratches and claws for each and every yard. And that's the best thing about this team. It's not the most talented team. doesn't put up the best statistics. But they've found a way to win, and they've fought in every game. And really, you can't ask any more for Adam Gase's first season. I think if they can keep it close in the first half, they're so good in the second half, and specifically the third quarter, that that could bode well. Also, as you mentioned, third down efficiency. Tops in the NFL. I mean, it's something like 38% they allow. That's all number one in the league. Now, last time they played the Patriots, Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback and then Brissett, but the Patriots were 7-14 of in that game on third down, including 4-for-4 to start the game. The Dolphins have improved. If they can somehow keep the Patriots in third and longs, I think it bodes much better for – and now, look, they still got to face Tom Brady, and he's 25 TDs and two two picks. I don't know if you saw this. Brady did not practice today. Oh, he did. I did not see that. So Brady has an injury, and there's some question now about whether or not he starts. So – you know, Bill Belichick would not go into right. whether or not he's going to arrest anybody. And uh, that's funny. I see Byron Maxwell uh, walking with the trainers. So, yeah, just got to try to recover from Byron Maxwell. But um, I have a tendency to believe that with the whole dynasty thing and being considered, uh, you know, the, arguably the greatest coach of all time, Belichick is more likely to sit some guys out or at least shut them down after one or two quarters. I think that would be the most likely thing rather than than shut them down because, I mean, this game's – I don't see Oakland winning with Derek Carr out. And if Oakland does win and the Patriots lose, Oakland gets the number one seed and the Patriots, if they make it to the conference game, they got to go 3,000 miles 
I think they'd much prefer to host that because last year it seemed they took their foot off the gas pedal here. But I'm saying if the Dolphins can, you know, keep the Patriots to third and long and, and keep the game close in the first half, I think that bodes well for success for Miami. I just think with Garrett Blunt is a big issue. Oh. Uh, the Dolphins have had trouble with uh, all kinds of running backs. Early in the year, I was like, oh, man, they don't do well against the strong physical bruising backs. Right. But then last week we saw what a quick, shifty darting back like LaShawn McCoy can do. So at this point, I think it's safe to say the Dolphins' defense is vulnerable against all running backs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but Garrett Blunt, if you remember what he did to Byron Maxwell, uh, where, right. what did he do? He, like, he, he stiffed on him to the ground, and then didn't he leap over him too? Or maybe that was another guy. Poor Byron had a couple of really bad moments. He's rebounded nicely, though. He's played much better since then. But, again, he left practice today. He's got an ankle injury. We'll have to see what it says on the injury report. Joe, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Frito. Anytime, Thank buddy. you. Thank you. That was Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.